This episode, This is Freedom, is called The Indefensible Act of Date Rape. And while my guest, Sean Siriani, host of The Creative Imbalance, who I got to be a guest on, by the way, you can check that out at Girth Radio, wasn't raped, but he did endure the part of the process which involves being roofied. And we're going to go into how he told me about this. We'll try to figure out why he told me about this. And then he tells me about it. And it's almost as if the forces that be tweaked his brain just enough to bring it up at really the only opportunity that we would have had for him to say it to me. And the thing that I find fascinating about that is, and the thing that I didn't tell him and that I completely forgot to say both on this show and when I got to be a guest on his show, is that before I got into the comedy program at Humber Lakeshore is that I wanted to be a journalist. And so as soon as he told me the, the gist of the story, it clicked in my head that this show, in addition to being the free speech, open forum discussion that I initially had in mind for it, will also be an attempt for me to go back to my journalistic roots and listen to stories such as this. I can't fully express how grateful I am that this, <laughs> obviously not that he got that he got roofied. I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be able to get this story out and to maybe bring, give him some closure. So, Sean, I know you're going to be listening to this because I linked it to you. Otherwise, fuck, man. All I can say is uh, thank you for opening up to me and for helping me find some of my foundations that have been missing for a long time. The name of this episode is The Indefensible Act of Date Rape. And uh, that term and I have a bit of a history because I consider myself to be a defensive person. It's something that I get accused of whenever I start reacting to something that I perceive to be offensive. And we can't live in a world without offensiveness. It's just that I do sometimes think that we live in a world where there's not enough defense. And so we allow offensiveness to step a little bit too far and then people get defensive and then the offensive people say, hey, you're being defensive. And I'm like, well, of course I'm being defensive. You're being offensive. And it's this whole it's this whole balance. So I consider it a responsibility to defend defense. And the thing about defense is that there is a line that everybody draws where they think anything past that line is no longer defensible. And it changes from person to person. I definitely think that my line is much further along than other people's because I'm more willing to defend things than uh, somebody else was. And not that I think that I'm going to win. It's, and I say it in the show, it's about finding as much justification as possible so that we can come to an understanding. The reason why I say this is indefensible is because it is. One of the things that we actually talked about before we started the recording is that we think mentioning Bill Cosby was part of how this whole thing got brought up and what people forget about Bill Cosby is that he was deranged he wasn't right in the head and so he did this terrible indefensible act um, for a very long time and somebody did try to defend him in a court of law it's where I drew the line because I, I, I can't imagine what goes through somebody's head when they do something this monstrous uh, but they're out there and I'm hoping that with doing this episode it might mean the difference between somebody being able to recognize the signs before it's too late rather than when it's too late. But what do I know?
We're here on location today at the Pacific Junction Hotel, which is a public podcasting forum slash bar in the downtown core. And I'm here today with uh, Sean. How do we say your last name? It's Siriani. Siriani. I took some umbrage with your last name only because spelled out, your last name is an upgraded version of my last name. Yeah, it's a little more <laughs> complex version of la- your last name. Right. Is your last name pronounced the same as the end of my last name? How do you say your, How do you say it? Siriani. I go Yanni. Yanni. Like cool. Iago from Shakespeare. Cool, cool. Yeah. So for those of you, you have listened to the introduction already, so you know fully why we're here, and there was no reason not to bring Sean in as quickly as possible, which is why I basically already brought him in. Sean, this is Freedom. You're on the air. Thanks for having me. Thank you for, for doing this. I'm aware of your platform, and I have a great respect for really anybody who goes through the trouble of building a platform, so uh, I at no point wanted to give the impression that I wanted to have this discussion, given that you have a platform and you have reach. I really wanted to have this discussion for the purposes of the discussion itself and what happened and why it's important to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And w- before we get into it, there were, there's something interesting that happened which led us to this point. And I wanted to go through the context of that first because there's okay, a few... Okay, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a few narrative points in there that I, I think are, are worthy of at, le- of at least acknowledging. Uh, you and I met at PodCamp in 2018? Uh, it was, yeah, it was... in February, so it has Okay, yeah, so 2018, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for those of you who don't know, you can look this up, but PodCamp is a annual gathering of podcasters, and it happens here in Toronto, and I know they do some other locations as well. Ours take place at Ryerson. And I was just sitting in the audience of uh, a seminar that you were a part of. Oh, cool. With, so with you were you were at the panel. I remember you from the party afterwards and stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah that's awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, I remember the, the panel because you wanted me to... Yeah, there was a point where you wanted me to sit in the chairs with all the other people. I'm like, oh, no, no, too 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 much humility. Oh, to yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Show yeah, everybody no. the Triforce. I'm like, yeah, 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 because the tattoo. Like, I remember uh, sitting on the panel and um, I'm supposed to be talking about podcasting then i'm like this guy's got a zelda tattoo that is so rad yeah uh, occasionally when i'm on the subway and i suspect somebody might be a nerd i'll start to change my body pose just to see if <laughs> like i'll start scratching my face very openly with, with my uh, back end showing <laughs> and we and we immediately got got along and i have to say there are two communities that i thought i was going to be more involved in that i know will be very welcoming to me but i've yet to fully immerse myself in for Lord knows why. Life. And that's life. Yep. Uh, and that's the Zelda community and then the podcasting community. And over the course of just that one day, it really was a day that I still think back very fondly because there's this amazing like agreement that podcasters have that doesn't have to do with generation or experience. I think podcasting is this medium that I think transcended generations because I think some generations, they had TV to start, they had, or they had radio to start, or comics, or video games, or social media for the, for the newer generations. But I think podcasting just kind of like happened and took whomever it could grab yeah, rather yeah. than need to appeal to like the boomers or Generation X. All of which is to say afterwards, uh, Girth Radio was gracious enough to host the after party here at the Pacific Junction. And we were all much more uh, inebriated at that point than we were earlier in the day. Oh, yeah, definitely. And to put into some context, too, about the studio of Girth Radio, it's literally a booth inside of a bar. So full studio booth, like some 
a lot of time here we do talk shows and sometimes like live performances dj sets and yeah it's kind of like a really tiny version of the old school much music there's just a window looking out to king street and then yeah just the booth and then you walk out the booth and you're in a bar which is <laughs> fun environment i couldn't ask we couldn't ask for a better ambience mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. amazing so we are i mean everyone's chit-chatting, uh, merriment, et cetera, et cetera. And I've been doing my best to remember this, and, and you were trying to remember this too, because this took place in February. We're recording this in early July. And we, we had trusted each other enough that you brought up that you were roofied. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I can't remember how we got to yes. that point. And uh, I mentioned before we started recording on this right now, It's uh, it was a story I even forgot that happened to me like it's been years since i thought about it probably like over a decade mm-hmm. and uh i want to say i want to look back in the news in around february or whatever it's probably because bill cosby or something got like um finally like just found guilty yeah found guilty and we probably having a chat in the bar about it and maybe it segued into somebody's like hey have anybody's like had anybody or anybody slipped something in your drink and then it probably just triggered this old memory from when i was 19 i was like oh wow yeah and uh right and then i uh i believe i continued to tell this story <laughs> and 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 by your recollection it was the first time you told the story and the sympathetic uh, side of me is listening intently because there's this line of indefensibility that very few things can cross Yes. Like war is defensible for certain reasons. Murder could be defensible given the context. I mean, there's a difference between innocence and defensibility. Mm-hmm. But th- what happened to you not only crosses that line, but sprints across it. Yeah. Because I'm listening. And, and then, of course, my, my, my producer side is going, wait a minute. I have this podcast that I'm starting called This is Freedom, where it's free speech. And we just kind of talk about whatever needs to be talked about. So we're going to talk about this. Yeah, definitely. The, and, and the other the reason why I wanted to just kind of like go through what, what brought us to this point is because I just wanted to put and encourage listeners to kind of put themselves in the shoes of somebody who has underwent similar circumstances, but they went even worse than how they went for you. I mean, you... And, and just think that while your situation was not nearly as bad as it could have been and, and, yes, you, and definitely. you recovered from it, just... I would encourage listeners to put themselves in the shoes of somebody who would have been more of the, uh, well, ideal target uh, for these actions and what, or maybe, or maybe it wasn't them, but maybe it was somebody very close to them or whatever the case may be. The idea that this person has to try to navigate social settings and, and hopefully nothing of the sort is going to, to happen to them. Yeah. Or, or even if somebody uh, uh, brings it up, I mean, yeah, we don't mean to, to, to joke in bad faith, I mean, I, we certainly don't want to uh, police people's language, but it doesn't come from a need to uh, assert uh, authority. It comes from a need to show empathy for other people. Yeah, definitely. And like, you never know what's going to trigger somebody. And I think sometimes people will make these kind of line crossing jokes to unconsciously, not because they're mm-hmm. like a terrible person here or there. But uh, what's cool about your podcast and putting stories like this together to... Uh, you're kind of being very sympathetic to those type of people and maybe somebody who does make extreme jokes like on the regular might hear this and be like, oh, maybe I should just chill a little bit here and there. And Yeah. 
Yeah, well, the next one I want to do after this was a lady who works at Service Canada who had a gun pulled on her. Whoa. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't talk about uh, gun violence in Canada, but we have it. Yeah, especially yeah, recently. Like, yeah. It's been crazy a couple weeks. So, Sean, let's get to the story. Go okay. through it as much as you can. Yeah. I want to mention, like, right now I'm 33. I live in Toronto. Um, this happened, I believe I was 19 years old, just started going to bars, and I was living in Niagara Falls, uh, Ontario. And there was something really weird and, like, toxic going on with the the party life, the drug life, in that whole scene in whatever year that was. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's why I'm kind of, like, uh, saying the, my age now and my age then. And um, there was, it was like notorious uh, for people to go to bars and like somebody like not even, even trying to rape you. Like as a joke, you would ha- get something like slipped into your drink, heard all these stories, never happened to me at the time, never happened to any of my friends, but I see it in the newspaper and stuff. There's also like weird stuff going on where like people would buy like a joint and then it would be like laced with something. So it was almost like this trash culture of people like almost for their own like whether it's their own entertainment or they're really trying to hurt somebody would would sneak these things into like the party culture and everything. And yeah, so cut uh, over to when... That day, um, yeah, we were hanging out with my friends. Uh, and outside of Niagara Falls, there's a town called St. Catharines, and they have like a big strip of bars. And back in the day, around that time when I was 19, there was this popular bar called Big Bucks. And it's just like all the college kids go there, and uh, it doesn't exist anymore. But um, one evening, we head to Big Bucks, super positive. I remember we took a cab. Me and my boys, we had a couple drinks earlier. Just uh, we get there, and in the the bar is just tons of new strangers, which was very exciting for me at the time too, because I remember just like getting out of high school then, and it's like, oh, who are all these new girls, and mm-hmm. like just seeing new crowds. Because back in high school, I used to be like a very like sheltered person. I also remember having such a good time there, because. Uh, in high school, I was such a shy dude, and I wasn't talking to, like, a lot of girls. And uh, there was this other group I was always, like, shy to talk to were there, and we were all sitting at the same table, and they were joking around. I was getting to know them more. They were getting to know me more. And, yeah, it was total positive night. I remember just roaming around different groups. Uh, I believe I put my drink down probably go to the washroom or something and this bar is busy there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people here like it's just packed i imagine that people are traveling a reasonable distance to get here because there was only so many options yeah yeah and um there was one college in st Catharines as well too so just like it was just the place where like 19 and people in their early 20s would just go so it get rammed like over capacity. They there's a line out the door, that kind of scene. So um, I put my drink down, go to the washroom or leave and go talk to another table, pick it back up, take some sips. Things are and I want to say up to this point too, I was um, I do remember being drunk, but not to 
like a blackout level mm-hmm. or like like I felt like fine, like I can function. Probably wouldn't have got behind the wheel of a car, but I was still like I was still Sean at this time. And um yet this part of the story kind of gets blurry, but I remember there was a moment where I felt like I was feeling some kind of sickness and almost like a weakness, like, oh my God, like I need to just lay down. And this feeling started growing rapidly intenser and intenser. And I remember at this moment, uh, I wasn't around any of my friends. I don't know why. Um, I don't remember. Maybe I was just talking to some strangers. Or something. You, you were roaming around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Take, yeah, taking everything in, mm-hmm. and because um, I people have to imagine that I, it's not like when we live in the city core where we have the ability to go out and socialize all the time. This is a lesser uh, occurrence. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's another thing too. It's like it's like far away from my home and stuff like that too. So uh, I remember just intensely feeling weaker and weaker. It's crazy too. I remember my thoughts at the moment. And I was like, I need to go out and get some fresh air. Maybe that's all I need. I just feel fainty. And uh, I did a lap around one area of the bar. And I remember not seeing anybody who I know. And uh, having a feeling like, okay, I just need to get outside right now. Like, something's not right. I need fresh air. Like, thinking that's going to cure whatever is <laughs> happening to me. And uh, maybe there was also the thought, oh, maybe my friends are outside having a smoke or something, too. So you weren't suspecting anything uh, malicious at this point? Not at all. Not at all. That day, what was absolutely crazy and scary, it was a blizzard. Like, a crazy, like two feet of snow like up to your like past your ankles almost and just snow falling everywhere and i remember walking outside and gradually feeling just weaker and weaker and i still had the thoughts in my head as they as if i were awake but i remember just my body almost like starting to just feel not functional like uh, a bit of sickness in my stomach and also losing my vision which was it was crazy well i'm not a i'm not a medical expert yeah i mean i've done some research as far as like issues that i've experienced and and i do some uh, entry-level research onto the relationship between the brain and the body when it's trying to go to sleep and there's a lot of issues with uh, trying to communicate that message. So one of the ways that people do it is that they we lay flat on our backs and we just kind of lay there, close our eyes, probably you know at night when our uh, circadian ris- rhythm encourages people to fall asleep. And what's happening is that the the brain is trying to see if the body is like not paying attention in certain ways, mm, or if it's if it wants to send a command to roll o- o- over. And then if the person uh, obeys that command, the brain might take that as, oh, okay, it's, he's, he's, he's just taking these basic uh, rollover uh, commands. Yeah, yeah. So what's happening uh, to you, it sounds like a, a reverse of that, where the body is commanding the brain. Now, the brain isn't ready to go to sleep. The brain is aware of the environment and is aware of the, the levels of noise that's, that's occurring and is filtering the, the alcohol or whatever else that you've, uh, that you've been consuming. So the mm-hmm. brain is like, okay... 
uh, I'm not happy about this, but you know, it's it's fine. Yeah, the brain yeah. isn't trying to uh, put the body to sleep. So with the body, on the other hand, is like, I don't know what's going on. Or I'm 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 I can't I can't I, I can't hear anything. I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, what was interesting too, like, uh, so, well, I'm just gonna continue the the story because this is gonna connect it in time. But um, I remember walking out in the parking lot and losing my vision and my strength and i fell and i fell into a snowbank which totally broke my fall think can i swear on this or no (laughs) this is freedom okay (laughs) thank fuck it was (laughs) the dead of winter because if this was summer like i probably just hit the cement or something like yeah you could have Mm-hmm. Yeah, brain, so yeah. I pretty much just fell into like this big cold cushion. Then I remember sitting up, and uh, I was still like like on the ground, just kind of like almost like close to like a cross-legged position. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. This is again my brain being logical, but my body not functioning. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to text my buddy Ryan Campbell. He was there, and uh, he's just one of the most awesome friends <laughs> and one of the he's just everybody's savior and it's funny like uh this is kind of going off track but i just want to congratulate on something like uh just recently he became a police officer and he's on the force but it just like people have their gripes with cops and stuff and i just want to say there's one really <laughs> fucking awesome guy out there and his name is ryan congrats so i'm looking for <laughs> ryan in my phone rightfully so well and- for me my relationship with police they're six for two positive record (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 like yeah i know a lot of people too like in that position as well where it's like even (laughs) six for two negative (laughs) type thing so um it's it's crazy so i'm trying to think what year it is like i said i'm 33 now i was 19 i pick up my phone it's one of these old not a smartphone i'm trying to text him and um I don't know if you got some young listeners, but uh, have you ever heard of T9 mode on a phone? I had a phone for about a year where I had to do it that style. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got good too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can start unconsciously doing it. And again, my brain is functioning. I need to contact this person. I need help. And my vision was just going and I couldn't see what I was typing and... I was like barely like moving my arm, like just like the sloppiest like type ever. So what I find really interesting about this too is everything is failing on me except my brain or like my thoughts. And your prefrontal cortex whoa, is your whoa. logical part of the brain that tries to figure out what's going on and communicate that to the rest of the brain. In the in the in the dream state, uh, the prefrontal cortex is the part of the brain that is the least engaged which is why when people dream they just kind of take everything as fact even yeah. though they're upside down or or madonna's right over there cool so the idea yeah. behind the lucid lucidity is to try to engage the prefrontal cortex as much as possible so that we can use ourselves and be like oh wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute this is a dream wow wow okay okay cool i'm learning this is great <laughs> um yeah so um that's intact like um i'm thinking as i would normally think and everything's failing except that and my hearing i'm uh, assessing what's around me and um 
I've heard of people like uh, getting like a date rape drug like slipped into them, like uh, where they be like taken to into these horrible situations. It's something like similar, like they could hear what's going on and in their mind there's like a panic going on, but everything else is just like uncontrollable. Like somebody could like use you as a puppet basically. You, you weren't able to really move your body. Would you say there was a numbness? Like were you able to feel like... You- yeah, from what I remember, it was like very numb. Like um, especially when I go back thinking of how I was trying to like type on the phone and... <laughs> and uh, we mentioned like yeah like back in the day you get comfy with t9 mode it's just like okay nothing's fucking working i'm pressing like three buttons at the same time with the and yeah and i couldn't even it was almost like there was like a blur like if i had my glasses off times 20 and i'm trying to look at my screen and i can tell like i'm holding my phone but it's just pure like blurriness like it was crazy so i'm just kind of like remember just feeling helpless and then um, some strangers walked by. I don't remember how many of them were. I remember there was a bunch of girls, a couple of dudes, and uh, they were genuinely like concerned about me. Again, this is like me and my brain to trying to tell them. I'm like, hey, like I don't know what's going on. Um, please help. But I couldn't form a sentence at the same time. I remember they, they kind of... I felt them moving me around, but I wasn't... Um, I wasn't scared, like I'm being kidnapped or something. I'm like, oh my God, these people just want to help. And I remember one of them like said, hey, let's look at his uh, his driver's license, see where he lives. And they basically pulled my wallet out of my pocket. And like, again, this is where I'm just like, I think if like a stranger walked by and saw like <laughs> some knocked out guy <laughs> laying there and they're like, he's a, getting a stranger pit- just goes out for a casual stroll in a y- blizzard. Yeah. Getting like, yeah, that's that too. Yeah. So there's nobody around basically seeing, but like seeing somebody get pickpocketed, they would have been like, Hey, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> but, uh, again, in my head, like I was conscious that these people are trying to help and I was just like totally cool with them. <laughs> and, um, I don't remember, like uh, a little piece of this but then uh, yeah so they they saw they obviously saw like where I lived and everything then I remembered uh, there was there was two guys I think <laughs> from what I hear I remember one voice it could have been one of the other girls too one grabbed my shoulder one grabbed my feet and were like you're gonna be okay buddy grabbed me and carried me and all of a sudden like I hear a car door open and they throw me in the back of the car and again, like to some people that could sound terrifying, mm-hmm. but I had such a good vibe of these people just helping me. And like, I don't remember everything they said because this was so many years ago, but I remember being able to hear what they were talking about. And they were pretty much like, oh, we're going to fucking take care of this dude, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Like, and um, I remember bits and pieces of this car ride home and um, just almost being unfunctional and I remember somebody just like kind of like patting me on the back just being like you're gonna be okay you're gonna be okay and during the car ride that's when I forget everything and the next day I wake up I'm at my mom's house which was the address of uh, my driver's license and I'm uh, basically just right inside by the front door on the nearest couch. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if these guys grabbed my keys 
opened the door, put me in, tucked me in <laughs> nicely. And I also remember, too, waking up and there was, like, my vomit, like, all over, like, the floor. And, like, so I don't know, maybe, like, after, like, it's just sickness triggered or something. This is like the sun coming up, and I remember my mother. She was going to work. She came in the living room and was just like, "Oh my god, what happened?" And yeah, and um, I just want to say, uh, I wish my vision was intact enough to see what these people look like, because these people, like to me, they're it's just almost like uh, angels, like mm-hmm. in the human form of just taking care of me and like i i I notice like sometimes in the club district here too people see like some um drunk person on the ground or something outside the and they just kind of walk by and can maybe like point and laugh like haha this guy had too much or whatever but i don't know what the signs were but they must have known like something else was going on and took an extra step and i don't know if they lived in the area or what but uh Niagara to St. Catharines is not like a short drive or whatever. It's like 20 minutes plus. And yeah, they took me home safely. And I just woke up and I like was thinking, I don't know what these people look like, but I wish I could thank them and do something for them. And yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. Like I could, I could even like in my, my time, like even walked by them on the street and not even known. And yeah, it's just like, I don't know if there ever, any of these people are going to stumble across this recording, but I love you. Thank you. And yeah, that's a uh, kind of, it's a little choppy here and there. It's kind of hard to almost piece it together. Mm-hmm. And plus it happened like so long ago, but, um, that's just kind of what I remember of the moments. Yeah, and and I remember uh, hearing I th- basically not all of it. I would I would say within seventy five to eighty two point three percent of what when we had this discussion when we first met <laughs> uh, relative to now uh, now us being uh, sober uh, does inform uh, more of the details and so there are some things that i picked up on hearing this round that i didn't uh, hear in the last round yeah and unfortunately one of the first things was i had this just terribly dark premise in my head of somebody whose tactic to pick up chicks was to go and look for people who are being roofied and save them and then <laughs> oh, yeah that's deep that's deep because there is there is a moment in the car ride where i don't know what happened now i mean i'm not gonna make a move while they're while they're roofied because i'm a gentleman but you know like a week goes by i'm saying like hey you know i'm the person that stopped you from being uh from being date raped so yeah yeah it's like hey (laughs) that's deep that's that's a lot of work and dedication (laughs) if Uh, they could apply that somewhere else somewhere more positive you (laughs) take over the world like you know (laughs) yeah shepherd really is definitely on life support (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) The, the other thing that I picked up on is I, I remembered uh, the first time that I was told about the, the Rufalin, uh, roofies, and I was in elementary school, and a police officer came into our classroom. I might have been at the latest grade six, maybe, yeah, maybe six is grade seven, mm-hmm. and, and, he, and he tried to be humorous about it. He says, like, oh, this is, this is my day. Mind the siren. King Street, ladies and gentlemen. 
And he said, oh, and so it was my day. As I get in the car, I drive around, I go get donuts. And all the kids laugh because he's <laughs> like, oh, he's personable. And he's like the cops in the cartoons. And, and then he, 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 ta- he talks about these different things that can happen. And basically the only one that I remember was him talking about the Rufalin. And it was pretty difficult to process at that time. Um, the story that he told about a girl who was found on a picnic bench in the morning with her clothes down. And Shit. when they took her to... The, the hospital, they found out that she was uh, raped by a gang of people. Oh, my God. One person. There was, there was five people. That yeah. shit just breaks my heart. It, just makes it, it really does. And, and that's why like, I, I premised this episode on the idea of indefensibility, because I'm a, I'm a defensive person by nature. Yeah, yeah. And I will take the side of something, uh, even if, like I mentioned right off the bat, I don't think that I'm here to prove innocence, but I am here to try to find some defense for it. Yeah. And I genuinely can't do it because mm-hmm. I can't wrap my brain around how stupid a person has to be to think that this is okay. It's just crazy how, like, uh, sometimes I forget that there are some people in this world who are absolute monsters. Because I strive on just kind of being around, like, genuine kind nice people and that's adapted to be my full-time circle for the most part and then um i don't know like there's things in life where you encounter you see a story or just hear something and you're just like holy shit like the thought process to drug somebody like incapacitate them and basically use them for your will is just like the motives is so disconnected from me, like whether it's just like sexually or a controlling thing. I know some people have like, I know they're wired different to want to have these experiences, but it's just such a far disconnect for me. And I just, I, I don't understand it. And it's terrible. Like yeah. it, it, it speaks to the, the overall uh, intellectual capacity of, of a cultured city versus the overall intellectual capacity of the small in the smaller towns yeah. and i'm not going to disparage the people of st catharines or of oh Niagara, at the time but... it was like <laughs> fucking 19 20 year olds in st catharines you're all garbage yeah i don't get it <laughs> trying yeah i'm trying but uh, I'm I, kidding, I, I, I'm I know kidding. i know a losing yeah. battle when i see one. yeah yeah <laughs> uh, learn, losing with grace that that takes skill but even so, I mean, though the the people who may have done it may have come from even further out. So I think one of the things that I would have to consider is that worldview mm-hmm. and the perspective that somebody has and how they might think that they've been wronged in... Oh, wow, I actually am coming up with a defense. They might be that think that they have been wronged mm-hmm. in such a way that they need to take it out on other people in this manner. Yeah, like what, yeah. what happens to them... To make them that evil, because I, I agree with what you're saying about that the, there are there are monsters in the world, and where my perspective might differ a little bit from you is that I think of us as monsters, anyways. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think as our guiding light, we want to aspire to be around and aspire to be the kind of people who rein that monstrosity in, keep and keep it under wraps. Yeah, and, interesting. And let, yeah. and let it out. Uh, only when absolutely necessary because there does get to a point where for a person's own well-being they do have to transform into that monster even if they have to defend themselves yeah yeah you know, we, we still got those lives. like animal instincts within us right. that are very close to like and yeah steps away like <laughs> whether it's like yeah a, like like, a I, like i'll be like, on the subway and i'll just be like i want to 
I don't know, I don't want to do it, but the, the little devil in my head mm-hmm. is like, push that guy. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I'm true, working, I'm, true. Work, I'm, work, I'm helping somebody do a cut, and my mind is going, kick him in the nuts, kick him in the nuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that at all. Yeah. It, at least until I've been paid. But even after that, I still don't <laughs> want to do it. Why is this happening? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's, and, it's, and it's the, I don't know what else to call it. It's the devil. It's that part of the mind that almost considers it's their job to yeah. go into the dark place and think, what's the worst thing I can do right now? Yeah, yeah. Kick him in the nuts. Yeah, and there's like, I think, yeah, we maybe as humans, we all like have thoughts like that too, but then a lot of us just will never act on it or whatever. It's just like, I think it's like connected with like the instincts or whatever. And uh, the other week it was really funny. It's only funny because I got to say this too. My friend who said this thought would never ever do this, but uh, he he was late for work and on his way, uh, his three-year-old was being very difficult, really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came in. He was like, "Oh yeah, sorry, I'm late, man." He's, he's like, "Man, it's just like something I was thinking about today." <laughs> he's like, "My son was such a dick." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, the the three-year-old." He's like, "Yeah, yeah." He's like, "I imagined having a fist fight with him this morning," <laughs> 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 which we're laughing because he's not gonna he's not no. gonna hit his kid or whatever. But he's like. Genuinely imagine just fighting him. <laughs> That's how far he was pushing me. I, I even got the yeah. Vegas odds, and I encourage people to take bets out on the on the kid. But yeah, 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 definitely, man. <laughs> like, uh, I'm, I'm helping. Uh, oh, geez, I don't know if I should. Uh, whatever. I'm helping my mom sort out uh, a, a dispute with um, some of her family members, and we're just trying to figure out what's the best solution. And I'm like, so ma, we're just gonna go through some options, and you tell me if this option works or not. How do you feel about murder? <laughs> She's like, no. I'm like, that. No problem. <laughs> right. Hard no. Yeah. I, I just think it's crazy about how like how quickly uh, I and like uh, we can undo everything mm-hmm. that we have worked for up until this very point. Like if I yeah, start say you picked kill, up like, say you like, picked up this pen yeah, right here that one I, of us tries to kill each yeah, other yeah. Like, right now like wh- where do where do I go from here probably prison yeah, yeah right and and this and everything that that I have done all these years all the sacrifice all of that just to just to go to waste in half a second half a second maybe even less if you're a ninja yeah <laughs> so uh, each and every one of us uh, deserves a pat on the back for being brave enough to go on a full other twenty four hours without. Yeah, shout out to all the people who hold it down and just thrive to be a good person and wake up every day and want to be a better person than the day you were Mm -hmm. before. I agree with that. And I also think don't be too afraid of the darkness because it's there. And in some ways it can be a companion. I mean, it's the yin yin and yang. It's the balance of of the cosmos. It's whatever way you need to have it described to you that is to your preference there are monsters within us and there is a darkness within us and i would prefer to acknowledge that and be aware of that and try to actively move towards the light yeah. as much as i can that's cool i like hearing you talk about this too like uh, it's something i don't think about but the darkness is here <laughs> it's like uh i almost started going into like some star wars shit <laughs> like, uh, I, but like i can feel the anger within me type of thing like right. once in a while but then um i i think for the most part i thrive to be a good person too so i practice it so much where my mind is just like almost doesn't always acknowledge it in a way but it is 
there <laughs> evidently there when i i really go deep into my thoughts and mm-hmm. yeah 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 I, I i do that a lot too thank god i have distractions yeah, um, yeah. one of the things that i didn't quite realize neither at that lecture when i was a kid or when you talked to me at first but i have uh, come to realize it now is the very particular chemistry of rufalin that is like there's no mistaking what it's intended for i don't mm, yeah, i yeah. don't think this was i mean this this is worthy of research for sure but i my my gut reaction is that the idea wasn't that somebody oh wow look what this does and it just so happens to turn somebody's uh, body off in all the key ways while leaving certain aspects of the yeah, person on yeah. in other uh, key ways it's control this, it was it was control and it was the the fear of what's going through your mind and so to put to, to put ourselves in the in the very unfortunate shoes of somebody who is awake and is in, and is in, enduring something like this that to me is an extra layer of evil that I've only just come to realize uh, having this discussion with you is that it is so much more than the act itself. I mean, yeah. if it's really about the act itself, a person can pay a sex worker to emulate the experience. Yeah, very it might true. not be good enough for some people, and, for, and those people are basically insane. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's control. It's like abuse. It's, it could be many reasons why somebody would uh, pursue like doing that to somebody, which I have a disconnect with, but... Like you mentioned, like what happens to your body kind of like leaves things working. Like it's like you got control of like a half conscious person in a way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know if it affects everybody differently, but um, that, it, and it, I don't it, know exactly what it was that I had that night, but I know it was, it wasn't just alcohol. It was so, right. something happened. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't doubt whatsoever that uh, that that you were roofied. It just it it completely lines up with what is the expected uh, result of of it. Uh, I also it didn't occur to me for the, for the first time until the story compared to now that this was almost like a like game that people were playing where they may not have set out to want to rape somebody, but they did set out to really ruin somebody's night. Yeah. Yeah. And because at first I had thought that the the portion that was distributed to you, uh, there there is a bit of a delicacy to it because if it goes too far, then a person is completely out and they might even shut down completely. Uh, if it's too light, then the person might be conscious enough to at least like maybe be able to dial the, the police. So there is a little bit of a of an exactness to distributing it to a person in order to get the intended results. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they like, if they, I say interesting with positive things, but yeah, yeah. Um, but I was, just, it just got me thinking too, like, cause I never thought of it that way. Like, I guess like when they build the pills or whatever, or whatever they use, I don't know if they drop something in it or, but yeah, it seems now, cause I don't really think about this a lot, like very calculated on mm-hmm. what it, like what you said, like what it, does to a person where it's like half awake but can't uh, do yeah, things to get away. Right, and let's not deny that there are. Well, for one, obviously this is mostly uh, targeted at at women. Yes, and on top of that, it's mostly targeted at women that are considered attractive by the majority of people. Obviously, some people have their niche and you know more power to them. But a, a woman that is typically uh, considered attractive is usually thin and uh, and might be perceived as delicate or or vulnerable. And in some respects, that vulnerability is an attractive feature because it, it it brings out sort of the masculinity in a male. Obviously, there's 
you know, we live in Toronto, so there's a lot more different combinations and chemistries out there, but this is one of the basic ones that most people have at least experienced. And so it sounds to me like it was either A, actually intended for somebody mm-hmm. to, to go to that extent, or, and, and that you had just given your construct, had been able to resist it enough to at the very least, like, move and yeah, yeah. maybe try to, uh, to dial the police. But if I think it had hit its intended target, uh, she... Most mm-hmm. likely, would not have been able to do that. Most likely, yeah, yeah. Which, oh, this is making me think of something like scary too. As uh, like I remember, like leaving, coming back, grabbing my drink, and maybe it's possible that I grabbed the wrong drink, and oh. I wa- I was with a bunch of girls that night too, attractive girls, oh. and um, maybe I went back to the table. Nobody's there. They're dancing or whatever. I'm like people order the same like rum and cokes or whatever maybe i grabbed one and maybe that whole like if it was intended for somebody else like i hope i hope i fucking like took the bullet for you then like that would be all worth it but i'm not sure and i don't think i'll ever be sure and it also like goes back to like what i told you about with people almost doing it on the regular as a joke too so it could have been either or but well now that i want to uh really start uh, theorizing about this but uh it's also not out of the question that the establishment might be in on it because what safer way to distribute it than by having somebody with no moral compass whatsoever because we know that these people are out there we know that there's people who lack the basic human decency not to drug another human being Mm -hmm. and it is possible that and it might not even be that the entire establishment is in on it it might just be a rogue actor using the bar yeah right because we would think that I would think if I were in the situation where I'm walking down the street and I, and I see you, uh, I'm not a driver anyway, so driving would have been out of the question one way or the other, but I would have tried to drag you back inside and honestly make a scene, let everybody know that this happened and that, I mean, I, I'd say, I'm, I would be very apologetic, apologetic about uh, having to uh, humiliate you in this environment, but mm-hmm. uh, this kind of thing I think needs to be made very well aware. Yeah, just like of, hey of everybody, like yeah, be I would, careful. This is what's happening, and yeah, like I not not to say that, and, and you never know until you're tested. So I would hate to actually be tested about this, but I can I'm seeing myself uh, trying to like get the attention of one of the servers and be like, listen, something happened to this guy. Yeah, can yeah. you just can you just chill out in the back or something, and I can call maybe call the police. And I would have expected that people were going to see me do this and realize, oh crap this this really happened yeah and yeah people everybody might have just i don't know dumped their yeah or something i think like if that. one of my friends found me in the snow that probably happened just like hey what's wrong with him like he's been drinking but he didn't have like <laughs> that much like who knows but yeah yeah we went to college with this guy we know what he's capable of yeah <laughs> true words but even like i don't know if the people who helped me even knew the extent of like me getting drugged like that they could have just been like oh this guy had way too much and just good samaritans mm-hmm. like well that's the other thing that i'm bless concerned your about soul. I, I agree with that it's just the concern that i have with that action is that it's almost a little too close to the action that somebody who is going to do the bad thing might do it's yeah, like, oh, yeah don't worry we, we got you put it into the car don't worry you can trust us mm-hmm. take it to the picnic bench don't worry we got you yeah 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 and this is also a different time too. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it, it is also possible that these things don't happen as much because it is easier now for uh, this information to get out. Mm-hmm. 
which which brings me to really like the last question that I, that I could think of, uh, which is, did you take any action after the fact? I think um, I it took no, I didn't. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> the long story short All is right. no, but All right, um, well, this has been this is yeah, it's been the show, <laughs> but um, it took me a while to process that it was even something that got slipped in my drink because it seems like it would be obvious of me telling the story but i remember like i might have not really fully put it together for a couple weeks Mm -hmm. i'd say just like oh my god i got hammered that night and then the more i thought about that night it was just like wait why was my uh hearing working Mm -hmm. fine and like i never got drunk and and had my uh my brain and my ears feel completely like on point and then like other things like shutting down and then it almost like um as time went by i was remembering more and more pieces of the story i remembered walking around doing a couple laps and the feeling of feeling weaker like drastically just like Mm -hmm. my life energy being sucked out of me and like just thinking i needed air and like i don't think like the day after or even like the week after I had all these little details put together and then the more I thought about it, I'm like, whoa, that, that was a weird way to get drunk. And then finally came to a thing like to just thinking is like, oh my God, like maybe there's something more to this. And then more and more thinking and talking about the situation uh, kind of pieced it together that it was most likely somebody dropping something in my drink also coincide where people like that bar was known for people doing that type of shit there and then even further research of me going on the internet seeing Mm -hmm. like the signs of like having like a pill in your drink or something and they were all like coinciding so it took it took a while to even realize that happened which i don't know if in other cases too like uh if somebody was like victimized by that i don't know i I gotta look at like the stats or whatever is there like there's definitely a scale to how quickly the evidence will ramp up really really somebody is on a on a picnic bench yeah yeah or there and there might even be some uh, some physical damage it might be some bruising. yes yes yeah they figure it out pretty quick yeah yeah where i was like i was intact yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe a little frostbite from the snowbank, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, it's easy to think that maybe the people who dropped me off did some malicious things. But I remember like hearing them find me, and like collectively, like five or six of them just being surprised and being like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" and like asking me like mm-hmm. all these different questions, and genuinely just being these strangers who wanted to help somebody who was pretty much incapacitated. So I don't think, uh, even though like, it's fun to think of, it's like some conspiracy, they did it. And then like, they collectively like all came out and were like, Oh, surprise. Like, (laughs) how did this person get here? But no, I think it was just genuinely really awesome people who, uh, who saved my life that day. Maybe because who knows if, um, they weren't there and, Nobody came by, and I'm just in this fucking colossal blizzard. Like, it was still, like, coming down, mm-hmm. and, like, who knows what would have happened. And whoever you guys are, I love you. <laughs> well, you have my gratitude as well. But mm-hmm. Cheers, man. <laughs> yeah, and it's cool to, um, I don't know, reflect on this after all these years. Yeah, like, uh, 
thanks for inviting me on your show to, to like talk about this too because it's uh oh i knew right away that I, that i wanted to as we're recording this the the show isn't out yet i yes. was looking to get maybe two or one or two more uh, recordings done before i start uh, putting it out so there's a there's a part of me that was also trying to fully understand what it is what is the purpose of this show cool and, cool and i think what i've accomplished today is reminding people that we have freedom and it can be used and it can be abused. Yes. Yeah. And that's a, that's such an interesting concept for a podcast, man. Like Mm -hmm. it's, I haven't, uh, listened to a show like this. Like some will tell like, uh, the crazy stories or whatever, but they're usually like crime based or whatever. Mm -hmm. And this is just a interesting angle on it. Very original. And like, I respect that, man. And it's really cool. That's cool. All right. Well, we are going to uh, sign off. You guys can hear from me in the housekeeping that I will do after this. Sean, thank you again. You are the host of the Creative Imbalance. Yes, yes. And that is a part of Girth Radio. Yep. Lots of <laughs> lots of like uh, little like things, but uh, yeah, yeah. If you guys uh, want to listen to my show, it's a different mood, very yeah. <laughs> very jokey. It's um, basically I talk to like all sorts of content creators, artists, performers, and uh, yeah, we have a couple drinks. We just shoot the shit about our lifestyles, and yeah, I talk to everybody from comedians, actors, musicians, <laughs> you name it, pro wrestlers, and yeah, yeah, just kind of like break down like the reason why they do what they do and also it's open for lots of random conversation and yeah you can find creative imbalance on itunes stitcher google play or our home base www.girthradio.com thanks again you know thank you with respect to the name this is freedom this podcast is 100 percent free if you however want to lend a hand as many of my brothers and sisters in the arts are doing you can go into patreon and find tiny enemy shrimp and there i ask for one dollar a month donations i don't have any rewards because in addition to this show the other content that i put out like my comics and my videos and my other podcasts is all free for you to consume at your leisure there are some other shows that i do professionally and those people mostly pay me and those people mostly pay me fairly From there, you'll find a number of ways to get in touch with me, so feel free. If you want to get in touch with this show specifically, there is an email address for that. This is pod at protonmail.com. That's T-H-I-S-P-O-D. Damn, I did that again. I I don't know what it is. I keep screwing that part up. T-H-I-S-I-S-P-O-D at P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. And if any of this offended you, don't worry. You're not alone. The world is kind of an offensive place.